Hi, Yvonne. How are you? I'm doing really well. I'm so happy to talk with you. I'm really excited. <laughs> <laughs> Who's excited to talk to me? That's it's yeah. such an honor that you are excited to talk to me. Yeah, I mean, I've just enjoyed your classes so far. And I just really love to learn more about yoga because I feel like your type of yoga, the restorative kind, is just something that I haven't encountered before. So I guess the first question would just be, how did you find yoga? What made you interested in it? Uh, <laughs> I'm laughing because um, it was it was truly by accident for a laugh. I was in a gym in 2006 and I used to do a lot of free weights and I find that I had a routine and I was always there on a Sunday afternoon about between four and six something like that and I always noticed this lady who was an older lady very small but had distinctive like red colored hair and she'd always have these group of people going into a room with her and the people always seemed quite connected now at the time I didn't realize that's what I noticed but now that's probably why I, I don't know why they stood out because they were always majority of the same people, always quite engaged with this lady. And I had no idea what they were doing because I couldn't see through the door. And I remember saying, I went to check the door, see what it was, yoga, four o'clock. And I remember saying next week, so next Monday, I'd try it for a laugh. Because I didn't think I would, you know, I've never done yoga, I never probably heard of it, to be honest. Yeah. Or maybe heard of it, but just wasn't, I didn't do any of the classes, I was just all cardio and weight. Mm -hmm. And I went in the next Sunday at four o'clock, there's lots of it I couldn't do, couldn't, you know, and it was child's pose, balasana, yeah. you know, the fetal position, and suddenly in that pose, it was no longer a laugh. It suddenly something switched in my brain. Something happened. I don't know what it was, but there was a just a sense of, wow, this is not what I was expecting to feel. This is different. This is, I feel, I don't know, calmer. And because of, you know, the heart and head are low, mm -hmm. it is a very calming pose. And also because it's in the fetal position, it probably reminds you of, you know, being held and secure. So in that pose, that's where I started to fall in love with yoga because suddenly I started paying attention. It was no longer oh, just mucking about. I started, you know, paying attention to the rest of the class. Then I went back every week and then slowly, slowly just felt a connection to it. Suddenly it was, it was definitely calming and it was a nice counteraction to the gym but there was a connection there was something that just resonated with me and I remember going on holiday and it was a place that had yoga twice a day it had lots of other things but they had yoga twice a day so the week I was away I did both classes morning afternoon came back cancelled my gym membership and just found the yoga studio and just immersed myself in all the different styles of yoga. So I used to do maybe more dynamic styles like the vinyasa and the ashtanga. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. I decided 
don't know, I think when I found the slower grounded practice in Hatha, like I teach, I felt more connected with that. So I don't know if it's because as I got older, I just felt, I just didn't want that. I didn't need the dynam- dynamism dynamism of the vinyasa. And also because maybe change of life with menopause, I found I was sweating too much. Right. Um, so I just, and also I just, I had a different connection with the slower practice. And then when I discovered restorative, it was like, wow, this is, this is again, the same sort of reaction to my first class where it was, I didn't expect to feel this. I felt with the restorative, I felt quite floaty because my body had totally surrendered. My body had relaxed in a way I didn't think was possible with other people in the room. So the restorative for me is a real connection. Um, and yeah, it's just, it's, it's now a part of my life that I can't imagine being without basically to the point where I've changed my HR career, put that on the shelf to do yoga full time. And that was literally just before COVID. So the timing's a bit strange, but it still feels right. So even though it's, you know, a bit emotional and uncertain because obviously studios have had to close, slowly opening up, but obviously not in the same way. A lot of it will still stay online. But it still feels right. It still feels that like it was absolutely the right decision to make. I I was literally saying to a friend earlier this afternoon, I don't regret changing career. I don't. It, it, it just feels right. There's, there's something very, very rewarding, very special about people saying how much they enjoyed a class or how they feel better or they like X or they like Y. And that they can take that home or they have something that for some small part of the day improves or makes them feel better. And I'm, I'm a small contribution to that well-being. That's quite powerful for me. That gives me purpose. That, that just, you know, there's something called savour within the um, yoga tradition. And it's, you know, selfless service. And, you, you know, you're giving of yourself. And for me, I, I feel that I am, especially at this time, I think the timing feels right, that I stopped serving in a way in HR, but this is a different type of service. This is well-being. This is to help you somehow, you know, have that connection to yourself on the mat for the hour, whatever it is. That feels really very, very special. So I feel the timing of it is right because I think people are now probably more aware of themselves and the need to slow down and have probably found a yoga class or meditation class or mindfulness. They've probably found something online during COVID that helped them connect, helped them slow down, just helped them feel better. And knowing that I can offer that, especially as we move forward out of COVID into the new normal, whatever that is, it means a lot that I can contribute in some small way to helping people navigate that change. 
Wow. I There's just so many things to that. Thank you so much for sharing. I love how the yoga started initially as a joke and now it's turned into a complete lifestyle change. And Absolutely. It, it, it makes me laugh when I think about <laughs> it because I, I seriously, I if I look back to that day, that Sunday afternoon in the gym, if anybody had said to me, you'd be a yoga teacher, I would have laughed at them. Seriously, it was the furthest thing from my mind, the furthest thing. Um, so, yeah, it just shows you, you never know what's around the corner. And also as well, it's, it's I think why it probably means so much as well is, you know, I retrained at 50 years old. You know, I'm 53 now, and it just shows you don't have to keep doing what you're doing. If you want to try something new, you can. And I was doing it part-time for a while, so part-time HR, part-time yoga. But um, I just made that decision at 50 that, you know what, I, I can do something new. I'm going to try it, you know, at least I've tried. And even if I didn't teach, it still gave me a deeper understanding of, obviously, myself and the connection to yoga. And you know the, the the history and just just giving a better grounding. Um, so yeah, I mean it means a lot. Yeah, I mean that seems to be a very loving thing to do for for yourself, knowing that you love yoga and then giving yourself a shot. Like I'm going to transition into this new um, job, and it seems like you trusted yourself enough to to believe in that. Have you learned anything about yourself through this transition at all? Um, I think people have said that I've inspired them because I didn't just talk about it. I did it. So I did the course and then I found a part-time role, but it still went, when I was getting, one of the um, studios I teach with, they were opening new studios and they were offering me more classes. And when I was looking at the classes they were giving me, without any cover classes. Um, it was almost like I could make this work. Because, you know, and I thought about it long and hard and I just thought, do it. Because I thought, what's the worst thing that can happen? If it doesn't work out, HR will always be there. So companies of a certain size will always need a HR team. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I thought one year, two years, whatever it is, if it doesn't work out, I can go back to HR, but I am prepared to give it a go. And I'm very glad that I gave it a go. So I think it showed that I am determined and brave, maybe. Maybe it showed that I am I'm brave and I was willing to step into it. And I suppose that reality is played out because... My P45, so over here, you know, when you leave a job, you get a sheet of paper that says you've left on that day. Mine is dated the 10th of March. And COVID literally started over here on the 17th. Formerly, things started to close down. So literally, the studios where I was getting more classes, literally the week later, I was told they have to close because of the government guidelines. So I literally sat there and thought, oh, my God, what have I done? But I still didn't really panic. I think I did think, oh, I'm going to have to go back to HR. And then, like, you know, a week went by and I just thought, no, 
I'm going to write it out. I'm, I'm going to write it out. And that's what I've decided that um, if I do need to go back to HR, I won't do it until the 10th of March 2021. Because that way it's a whole year and I've given it a shot. Now, I don't believe I will have to go back. I think it will pan out because I think people are finding yoga. If they, if they hadn't discovered it before, they've rediscovered it. And I think people realise now that there is goodness in that connection to self, you know, that you're calming down, you're having time for yourself, you're, you're moving, you know, it's recommended that you, you have, I don't know the full statistics, but, you know, you should be moving a certain amount per day, per week, and yoga offers that to you. So I think especially as we navigate COVID, we navigate, you know, the Black Lives Matters movement, all the changes that organisations want to make, that takes emotion, that takes energy, because we all have a routine, we all have a, a pattern that we follow, and suddenly all those patterns and routines have been messed up, because you've got to work from home, or you have to... We all have to do different things. Now we have to go shopping with a, wearing a mask and doing X and doing Y. And the same with your, you know, people's workplaces. There's going to be different procedures. There's going to be new training, maybe on unconscious bias about X, Y, Z. And all of those things cause a level of discomfort in some way because you're, you're, you need to adjust. And it's human nature that change doesn't come that easy. Now, I know that categorically from my role in HR. When change comes, people react in very, very different ways. So, you know, there's a change curve where you're angry and then you move to acceptance and then you move up the other way. So for me, this time with, with, with COVID and, you know, Black Lives Matter movement, it's that same change curve that people have to go through a few phases so the yoga for me will help towards people navigating that, that change. Oh, okay. Yeah, I like that parallel. Like you can still take what you've learned from your old job of HR and still, it still applies to yoga in a way. It does. It, it definitely does. And especially because I think I, I, I've seen how people, people come to work to do a good job, but that's one part of them because they have a home life. No one rightly should know what that home life is unless they want to share. And sometimes things happen in the home that they don't want to share at work, but it affects work. The yoga can help balance that for you to be able to cope with life, basically be able to cope yourself. And people I've described it in many different ways. It means different things to different people. But it, what it just gives you is that sense of space to be yourself, somewhere to go in private, just have that time for yourself. And there are many styles to choose from, which, again, is, is a great offering because, you know, everybody has choices and preferences. So hopefully people find a style that, that suits them. Yeah. And on that note, how would you describe your own philosophy of yoga? My own philosophy of yoga? Yeah. And there's a question. 
what, what it means to me yes. or okay for me it's it's it just gives me a sense of myself it gives me a connection to myself it allows me to be me with no judgment um it, it just gives me this connection i think to go to the map it doesn't have to be on the map but it, it, it's just a space that i can go to be it through the breath because yoga is more than the movement i think sometimes we forget that you know yoga the movement started to allow the yogis to sit in meditation for hours so you know because the the loosening the limbs was to allow you to be able to sit in that stillness um so for me there's as different aspects to go to so be it the breath because if i do feel anxious the yoga breath helps me to calm down or you have the sense of calm through the restorative yoga or through the the hatha yoga for me so the so we eat gives me a sense of self, a sense of coming home, you know, finding where my kind of true um, nature is. And it takes time, um, and the practice varies, but I know that it's there in whatever form I choose to use it. Yeah, that's wonderful. I love how you say it's it's like a sense of yourself. Um, Yeah, that's wonderful. Um, On that note, I was wondering, how would you describe yoga as different from other forms of exercise um, and movement? Because it seems like, well, you used to do free weight and it was, would you say that was like more bodily? And then yoga, there's that sense of mind and movement. Yes, yeah. So so body, um, yoga is a mind-body-spirit connection, I would say. Whereas with the... Yeah, and this is personally for me, you know, people have different, you know, feelings about the exercise that they do or the reasons why they do it. But, but for me, when I was doing the free weights, I didn't have a connection to it in the same way I have to the movement. So the yoga is focusing on, on your breath and that connection to in the body and how it calms the mind. When you're doing free weights, for me, you wouldn't have that same connection. You're thinking about, you know, working the muscles and improving your cardiovascular. And there is a release, because it does release the endorphins and it does release stress. But the breath connection is is, is different when you're working. So I'm not... Um, uh, what's the word, a medic or a, um, a scientific person to be able to give you that, the, the, the technical difference. Yeah, right. But for me, the, the breath is going to be different when you're doing cardio, or the connection to the breath is mm-hmm. different when you're working a cardio workout to the yoga workout, simply because of that mind-body-spirit connection. Because you're kind of working... Yes, you're both working on yourself, but I think it's in a different way. So I think when I was doing free weights, I was interested in my definition of my triceps and my biceps, and you know, and and that's not to be dismissive or disrespectful in any way. 
but it's it's a, it's a different focus. But it's still a release because it's still, I say, release is stress because you're you know raising the heart rate, but the connection is is different for yoga because you're. You know, the, the more active yoga, the more dynamic classes, yes, you probably are building up the, the heart rate, but you're still, the movements are focused in a different way. So, you know, the teacher's probably directing you to the breath. So some of the dynamic classes are still one breath, one movement, because that helps you to realize that the breath is so important to the body and connects into that, that problem. Okay. Um, I'm curious about what you mean by um, spiritual, because you said that yoga is spiritual in a way. Are you talking about breath, or is there a different component? It's, I think, it's where, and this is where it's, this question, is it religious, is it not religious, okay? Now, you can honor the, your God, and I don't necessarily mean God as in Jesus Christ. It's whoever your God is. Mm-hmm. And there are some schools of yoga that would say that's absolutely fine. And there are some schools where you actually will honor a deity. So in the Hindu tradition of uh, yoga, there are deities, so small gods that you would pay homage to. And so if you have a connection with those gods, that can feel like I say a spiritual connection because you're dedicating your practice to that deity that God. So you see shapes of, of gods and you know they have historical meaning. So for example, um Ganesha is like an elephant head with no no trunk. Um he's known for um clearing obstacles. So you could choose deity to dedicate your practice to or you could just know that there is something and that sounds quite vague but it's different things to different people and that to me is that spiritual connection where you know that there is something you may not necessarily be able to put your finger on it but there is a connection to let's just call it a god where there's that connection because you know that there is a connection to something or some god mm-hmm. and that there is a spiritual connection if that makes sense yeah that totally makes sense yeah yeah but it's, it's different different things to different people mm-hmm. i think um but the key thing is is the something is what you're kind of focusing on for that spiritual connection when you realize that there's something more mm-hmm. than just the movement Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. That totally makes sense. So you can do all the practice. You can, you know, go through all the motions of a sequence in a class. Mm-hmm. But as you're doing it, you know that there's a connection to something else. You're choosing to maybe dedicate your practice to somebody or something, as opposed to if you were doing your card gear. So when I was doing my freeways, I didn't dedicate <laughs> the session to anybody. Right. It was just doing my weights. And again, I'm not being dismissive, but I'm just showing you personally for me that difference in mm-hmm. how I now feel as the yoga teacher. Yeah. And not just a teacher, just uh, somebody who practices yoga. Mm-hmm. There, there's definitely a shift from when it was 
wait to to now. Mm. Yeah, I see that. I notice how there's the breath where you're focused on yourself a little bit or just reminded of your, you know, body mind connection, but then I feel like the intention or dedication provides a new level of like communal or community in a sense. Yes. That sounds really wonderful. Yes. Um, yes. Yeah. And in that lens, I was just wondering, because I feel like whenever people think about yoga, um, in a sense, they might be kind of intimidated by it. They might think about all the flexible movements and like, I can't yes, do exactly. that. Exactly. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. So intimidating. Yeah. But then there's also the side of yoga that's very spiritual in a sense, and that's very slow and very restorative um how would like if somebody were to be intimidated by yoga how would you describe yoga to them and um yeah i think the 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 best thing to do is to try it Mm. and if you've never done it before to start with a beginner's class or to start with what's called either because every yoga studio uses maybe different names on the timetable so what you the best thing to ask for is you know say don't be embarrassed to say i'm brand new to yoga i'd like to start with a beginner's course so if there's a beginner's course it's great to do a beginner's course it's like six weeks and they you will be literally taught the basics of all the postures and get your confidence from you know from start because there's alignment there's you know the way to, to get in and the way to get out and it's nice to you know, start from the beginning. So that's if you would like to try a course for six weeks, or you could just go to a beginner's class. And uh, I often say in my classes that what's going on on other mats shouldn't be of your concern. It's your own mat and your own practice that has to be the focus. Because you never know why somebody is looks so flexible or why somebody like me has to use more props you know because there's certain postures because i have osteoarthritis in my knee i need to use props which were created by one of our 20th century <laughs> fathers of yoga Iyengar, mr Iyengar, um to help people get into the full expression of the pose and it's an individual practice, so that's why it's not. It's, it's sometimes not helpful to look at others around you. So I often say the other mats are not of concern. And there is um, there's a, a, a sage. There was a sage called Patanjali who wrote um, the Yoga Sutras, which uh, literally give you the guidance to say these are the eight limbs of, of yoga. And one of the sutras talks about the, the, the posture, so the movements we do in yoga for the posture, it should be firm and steady. So therefore, firm and steady, that means in your body, it has to feel firm and steady. Sorry, steady and comfortable. Steady and comfortable. Steady and comfortable for you. So therefore, looking around doesn't make you feel more comfortable because looking around the ego might come in and you know within yoga we try not to be led by the ego we try to strip that away but it's human nature you know that person looks really flexible you want to be really flexible so sometimes not helpful just focus on your mat and how you feel and think about the posture being steady and comfortable that is the advice from 
respective past ages in um, the Indian tradition. So I would say to people to try it and not be intimidated. Just focus on themselves and how they're feeling and hopefully notice that they feel better when they leave, even if it's, you know, a small proportional percentage. Just tune into the breath, you know. Even if you sat on the mat and breathed, it's still yoga. Because yoga is that connection to self, it's to the breath. It doesn't have to be your foot behind your head, which unfortunately we're looking at Instagram with the most complex poses. It can be intimidated, but I will just encourage people to start with a beginner's course um, or a beginner's class at minimum and focus on own mat, not the other mat. And it doesn't matter if you can't do everything. It doesn't matter if you fall out of a pose. You get back up, you know. And you don't have to be able to do everything. I'm a yoga teacher and there's still postures I can't do. But it doesn't matter. It's No one says you have to be able to do everything to, you know, practice yoga. It's, it's more than the physical. And that's the important thing. I mean, I the try is a short answer. <laughs> no, that's great. Um, I after taking a few of your classes, I've really seen how that plays out in your class. I I love how you're demonstrating something. Um, you're very candid. I remember one time you were trying to balance. You're like, it's okay if you don't know how to balance. Um, and I just take it at your own pace. I just really appreciate that. And um, just the way that. You remind us, like, take it at your own pace, and you don't need. I feel like your class is able to be adapted, and you feel good having it be adapted, so it feels good to yourself. Because I feel like for other classes, there might just be one one type, and it feels like if you adapt it, then you're deviating away from the prime movement. But in your class, it's like I'm gonna take it at my own pace, and this feels good to me, and I feel good doing this. So thank you. And that and that's that's how we should be because the and thank you. Yeah. Thank you for that. Um there are different people in the class which is probably gonna mean different abilities, which is absolutely fine. So you have to have options, you have to make the environment feel as inclusive as possible so nobody feels awkward or uncomfortable. So therefore, it's about me being as open and down to earth and given options. So nobody feels inferior to the next person. So yes, you might have somebody who's very, very, very experienced. And you might have somebody that's new, but both people should leave the class still having felt a connection to themselves and enjoyed it and worked within their own capacity not trying to achieve, you know, move beyond their own capacity. So that's the importance of just letting people know that, you know, there is no perfection. It's okay to fall out and it's okay that that doesn't feel right. So you adapt it. And it's definitely okay to, to use the props because the props that Mr. Iyengar created was to let people get into the full expression of the post. Because not everybody can touch their toes, not everybody can reach their arms behind their head. But if we use a block, if we use a bell, that, that does help. Mm -hmm. And I also appreciate 
whenever you um, assign the equipment, it's very creative. Like the, the bolster, putting the pillow in the pillowcase and like all these different things makes it very accessible for people. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, and especially now with, with COVID because COVID hit and it affected people in many different ways and especially financially. So people don't necessarily have the money or want to buy the props because they may not use them ongoing. I, mean, I hope they would and I would recommend it. But it just might not be an option. So if you don't have a bolster and you're not able to buy a bolster or don't want to buy a bolster, that's fine. You can improvise. But as long as it's, it still needs to be sturdy um, because if it's not we, to support the body, we don't want to end up you know, creating an injury because you're not fully supported. So um, it's just making sure that it's enough to support the body. But yeah, there's lots of... Um, improvisation going on with props because you can use a book instead of a block you know you can use a scarf instead of a belt it you know we can improvise when we're at home and i think a lot of that has gone on um, over covid yeah speaking about i was wondering um, how has the transition been adapting yoga to online yeah that way It was um, it was something because we had teachers who literally, as soon as the studios were shut, they were online very very quickly. They didn't hesitate; they were just like bam on Zoom. And then you had others that were a bit like, "Oh, I I this is not what I had expected." Um, and then some that just didn't want to go on at all. <clears throat> and then slowly, slowly, so there was lots of different approaches or different paces to get online but I think it soon became clear that if you wanted an income still you needed to teach online because you couldn't go to a studio because at first we you know were allowed to have less of lesser numbers in yeah mm-hmm. so socially distancing like we're going to now mm-hmm. and then it went to straight closure so I sort of hesitated and thought oh how long is the lockdown going to be who knew it would be so long? So I waited maybe a few weeks, first two or three weeks, because I was lucky enough that one studio, studio I was regularly teaching with, they got online quite quickly as well. They were online very, very quickly. So they offered teachers some classes. So I was actually getting a couple of classes a week. So, you know, thanks to more yoga for, you know, being so responsive so quickly. So, that's why I didn't rush to do my own Zoom classes so soon because I had studio online classes. But then slowly, slowly, I kind of thought, yeah, I could do this. You know, it, it sounds quite straightforward. You just have to try and see. So it was very strange because the Zoom experience is great because you can see people. So now I can see you and, you know, the screens are still big enough because I don't have huge numbers so I, I don't get tiny tiny squares so I'm comfortable you can see you ask people to angle so it's the camera angle you've got to get used to so you can see people so that took some getting used to and your own camera angle and obviously making space in your home so you you know you people can't see the mess behind the camera so it takes took time to work it all out and I remember calling a friend once and saying, right, I've changed the room around. Can you, you know, just tell me what it looks like? 
Um, so that's the Zoom experience is great. And then with another studio, they use YouTube Live where I can't see them, they can only see me. So that's a different dynamic which makes you very like really think about the the instructions you give and the cues that they have to be super clear mm. and then I mm. tend to stay in the posture longer so people can like see it so you can talk to them on the live chat but not obviously during the um, uh, posture so that's it's you know so it's been different having zoom and youtube live but in essence it's worked and I'm very thankful that we have been able to connect because connection is, is, is key, you know, and that the connection to yoga and the connection through Zoom, through my own teachers and my own, one of my teacher's teachers has been facilitated through Zoom because normally some of those teachers would only come once a year for a workshop, but because of Zoom, we were able to have weekly classes with um, some teachers, so that so that was great. Oh, that's awesome! How would yeah? How would you describe um, the community of yogis and the yoga community um, online, especially? Has that because it seems like when I've been on your Instagram, uh, I found it really wonderful how you always shout out different yoga instructors, um, and it s- seems to create a sense of community in a way. Um, can you describe the yoga community as a whole and also if it's changed at all since it's been adapted online? So, um, interesting question. So, I I just decided, so on my Instagram, on a Tuesday, I do a Tuesday teacher shout-out where I just focus on a teacher. And a lot of the time, especially recently with the Black Lives Matter movement, I chose to start promoting teachers of colour just to sh- to break down that stereotype of yoga is for white middle class people that are thin and very um, adaptable. So, and also, also wellness has got a bit of you know um, criticism for the teachers not reflecting society. So it was timely. I mean, I was doing it anyway but I think I made more of an effort to ensure that I was highlighting teachers and yeah it does create a sense of community because it's like we're raising each other up we're amplifying voices but what it also does is just make everybody aware that there are teachers of color now I think you found me because around the you know sad killing of George Floyd may he rest in peace it was about amplifying voices so amplifying melanated voices so because of the wellness industry maybe not being as diverse as it could people magazines or whoever started creating um lists of yoga teachers of color to follow and i was very proud that a teacher called mercedes thank you mercedes she kindly she was interviewed by a magazine and she was asked for like you know, her favourite teachers to recommend. And I was very honoured that she put me down. And I think that started some traction where I started peering on other channels. So I think there is a, a, a sense of community anyway, I think, with yogas, yogis generally. Because I think when you go into a yoga space, generally 
because you were there for the same reason to connect in whatever way you kind of have an understanding but i think because of the last few months people maybe have connected more because you're sharing tips and ideas on how you've navigated getting online you know do you need earphones do you need a mic do you need so i think we've all shared that learn and also emotionally because there was a lot to a lot to cope with covid as they black lives matter it's a lot of emotion a lot of energy a lot of conversations a lot it was just a lot so i think I'm in a group of yogis of color and we you know, meet on WhatsApp and we meet sometimes on Zoom. And so we have a sense of community and it is just nice to be able to speak within a group where there is an understanding of connecting to people or not connecting to people because of technology um, and missing that physical connection from the studio and how best to, to navigate it and also to keep yourselves grounded. You know, um, it's, so it's nice to speak to like-minded um, teachers um, and, you know, students as well that, you know, still want to connect and come to classes. So thank you for coming to my classes and telling your friends um, about them as well. It has been nice to see you. And you were my first um, international student. So it's nice that, um, yeah, it just shows you with Zoom it can work. Because yeah. otherwise yeah. we wouldn't have been connected, would we? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it was kind of yeah. funny um, when I invited my friends. You were all like, "It's kind of funny how a group of University of Oregon students are taking a Zoom class with an international instructor." Um, but it just has worked so well. We just really loved our classes. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's 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 been wonderful. I think you know Zoom. <laughs> Zoom has been a key part of these past few months so many meetings so many it's just it's just been a wonderful way to connect so I'm personally very thankful because you know I've I've needed a lot of connection through these few months and been able to do that both through yoga and outside of yoga so you know it's it's going to keep our connection is, is key so we're going to start wrapping it up. And the last question is, what do you think it means to be human? Wow. What do you think it means to be human? Wow. Um, for me, it's about compassion. It's about awareness of others. So... Yes, I'm living and breathing and can communicate and being here in my own skin. But I need to have an awareness of others. Um, for me to, to for me to fulfill my life, like I'm not an island, so I'm not here on, on my own. I have to be in community with others, you know. So I I personally have to be very aware of others which can vary so being human is just that that balance of the balance of self 
and others and having an understanding that there has to be a balance? That's a very deep question. Yeah. I've never I've never thought about that answer. Um but yeah, that's that's what I think. I can't I can't exist on my own. Yeah. Oh my Thank, yeah, thank you for answering. And I feel like your answer compares a lot to yoga as well. I see a lot of comparisons of the compassion of others and yourself and others. I think, yeah, I think it's wonderful. And I also want to share that um, when I have been taking your classes, especially yesterday, and the instructions, just being in the posts for long, I felt I felt a bit more human as well because I, there was just this washing over me of, oh, it feels really good to exist like in this body. And like, there was just a sense of appreciation. So thank you for- Because you could be still, yeah, because you could rest. Exactly. Yeah. But you, you, you gave your time, you gave yourself the permission to be still. And because you were still, you're allowing your body to recharge. So it's almost like you, you pressed like a little reset. So because you had that, you do feel more refreshed, more, you know, relaxed. And therefore you can, you know, go into your day a bit brighter. So that's why it's really important. Even if you did, excuse me, one of those postures for 10 or 15 minutes, if you could do that every day, one, it's a great gift of self-care to yourself, but actually it's really good for your body. And it probably does make you feel more human. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Amazing. Thank you. Yeah, of course. And I know that you said earlier um, your yoga might impact a person's uh, life or day a little bit, but I would even argue it can totally transform a person's day. I feel like after taking your class, and my friends can attest to this too, we we're always like, that was so fun. And like, I feel so energized to start the day and like all these other things. So, um, yeah, it's very impactful. I just want to reiterate that again. You see, and, and that is why I love doing what I'm doing. A friend of mine said, she's also a yoga teacher. She said to me years ago before, when I was sort of, shall I, shan't I do the teacher training? She was like, it doesn't feel like work. It doesn't feel like work because you're doing what you love. And I remember that. And I can remember a talk many years ago with Les Brown, inspirational speaker from yeah, your, your side of the, the, the pond. He said, and I, he stuck with me, and I don't think I realized two years later, the relevance, get paid for doing what you love. And now that's exactly where I am. So not saying I didn't love jobs before, but now that really is truly where I am, getting paid. So it doesn't feel like work because you've just kindly said how you feel about the class. That, that's, that's my work, but it doesn't feel like work. That means a lot. Oh. Oh. I mean, I think... Getting paid for doing what you love. Yeah. I mean, applause to you because you've, you've made this happen. You've connected with people. So just props to you. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you for inviting me on to speak. It means a lot. And I hope you have a great rest of your day.